risk yet a chance well worth taking To just walk away from the life I once knew And follow a king in the making I thought to myself, can a fisherman accomplish mighty things? But there wasn't a choice when I heard his voice Saying, follow me. In a moment, everything changed. In a moment, suddenly life had new purpose for me. In a moment, I felt a new world unfolding. In one incredible moment, say, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. My name is Peter. Now, one might think a decision to go with him would have taken quite some time to leave all that I knew, all that I had ever been. But in that moment, there was no decision to be made. When I heard his voice, I immediately knew what I was supposed to do. Strangely enough, Andrew and I didn't even discuss it. We both dropped our nets, stepped off that boat, and never looked back. As we traveled with Jesus, we saw him do some amazing things. News began to spread about him healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, and it didn't take long before huge crowds gathered as people brought their sick family members and friends to see him. Many times, before we would even enter a town, the stories of Jesus had already reached their ears. And as Jesus' heart went out to the people that we would meet along our journey, new chapters of his story continued to be written. No mountain, no valley, no gain or loss we know could keep Change. 
everywhere Jesus went. He drew crowds, especially as the news spread of his miracles. If I had not been there to see all of the miracles, I'm not sure I would have been able to believe. Yet time and time again, people who had never met Jesus were willing to do whatever it took to see him. They had heard the grand stories of this man from Nazareth, and they believed. There were those who reached out to touch his robe for healing, others who cut a hole in the roof of a crowded building just to lower their crippled friend down to him, and even a blind man who allowed Jesus to rub mud in his eyes and walked a long road to the water where Jesus told him to go because he trusted Jesus for his miracle. Of all the crowds that Jesus drew, nothing ever compared to the day we entered into Jerusalem on the week of Passover. The people were waving palm branches, singing and shouting his name. They even proclaimed him as the Messiah and were yelling, Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Everywhere we went, Jesus preached, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And now, it seemed the people were ready to celebrate their promised king. such an incredible thing to behold. Jesus came to be our atonement from sin, yes, but he also came to give us life 
more abundantly than we ever thought could exist. Those of us who traveled with him and studied with him had already found him to be more than a healer, more than a savior. He was our teacher and our friend. I remember hearing him praying and crying out to God and wanting so much to be able to communicate with God in such a way. Through his teachings and through his example, Jesus taught us to pray. I was there, and what a horrific sight it was. 
There were so many times that we were at risk of arrest, or worse. But somehow our situation always seemed to change just in time. And we would move on to the next miracle or teaching. But at that last supper with Jesus in the upper room, I knew things were different. And at his arrest, I tried to protect him and once again caused the situation to change. But it just wasn't part of the plan this time. When I saw him carrying that cross, I almost didn't recognize him. My master, my teacher, my friend. And when I heard the hammering ringing from that hillside, and now to see him hanging on a cross with nails holding him in place, yes, I was there. And when I close my eyes, I can still see him hanging there like a common criminal.
scene was unfolding. The cross had been raised into state. The prophets had scripted this moment. Now Christ was turning the page. She stood at a distance. He showed no resistance to nails that she knew were wrong. And with great disbelief, she cried out in grief to the man she had once called her son. How excited Mary must have been to realize that, yes, Jesus had died, but that he was no longer dead. What good news to share.
tell the others that everything's changed. I knew it at once when he called me my name. My eyes filled with tears and my heart filled with joy. The moment I heard the sweet sound of his voice. never do when I denied even knowing Jesus. It was just that I was so afraid of what might happen, and before I knew it, I had compromised everything he had taught me just to protect myself. Unless you were there, you can't possibly understand the weight that the words cross or crucifixion carry. They strike fear into the very soul of anyone who is threatened with such a punishment. But in just three days, the fear and the panic had been replaced by joy and celebration and the realization that our Lord was alive. The thought of the cross no longer seemed dark and frightening, but instead it became the symbol of our hope and freedom. And forevermore, generations will speak of the cross from the perspective of grace. A single mother struggling just to make ends meet. A man alone and broken living on the street. A child who's been abandoned with nothing left to lose is looking for a way out of the life she didn't choose but there's no hopeless situation so wasted or so lost that Jesus could not overcome when he died upon the He can't sleep at night 
Christ and his victory over the grave. Let us stand and celebrate and sing, Christ the Lord is risen today.
Weren't you blessed by that? We had choir and orchestra. That was just an amazing time of worshiping. As I think about the cross, I'm reminded of growing up and thinking about what the cross meant. As I was reflecting upon this idea of the cross changes everything, I was reminded of a, of a little sateen green bookmark that I bought at Dry Creek Baptist Camp when I was probably in third grade. And it said on that little bookmark that I read many times, I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? Then he stretched out his arms and he died. Now, I had, I had asked Jesus into my heart as a, a boy of a year or so earlier. But there was something about the statement on that bookmark that captured my heart and my attention. The cross changes everything because at the cross, Jesus' love was poured out for you and for me. He really did say, I love you this much. He stretched out his arms and he died. I was reflecting early this morning about the way those truths are taught, and we've sung today and listened to songs about the, the wonder of the cross, but I remembered a song that I learned as a boy that said this, Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the Glory to his name. Now, we normally sing that with a little more boom chick to it because we were, you know, <laughs> celebrating, you know. But there's something about reflecting upon what Jesus did for us. I'd like you to sing that first verse with me again and think about what Jesus did at the cross for you and for me. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to His name, glory to truth it happened for you and for me at the cross years went on and I remembered that as a teenager college student it was the time of all the I know 7-eleven songs but they had meaning and they wrote scriptures and truths on our hearts there's one song that took the truth of Acts 4:12 that says salvation is found in no one else but there's no other name under heaven, given to men by which we must be saved. That Jesus is the one who brings salvation. And I thought about that song this morning and I was just worshiping. I wanted you to be able to experience that too. It just says, only Jesus has the power of salvation in his blood. I'm telling you, a 7-Eleven song, but it's seven words repeated 11 times that are good. <laughs> oh.
some Christian traditions, when you come to Easter and Lent, you don't say hallelujah and hallelujah until Easter Sunday. And that's because you're journeying to the cross, and I get that. But I'm glad that Easter is every day. Resurrection Sunday is every day. And we can celebrate our salvation in Jesus every single day. And so one of the things that this song does is it has a song, a verse of celebration, where we just say hallelujah, our salvation is in his blood. So if this is true for you, would you sing it out this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, our salvation is in his blood. Those of you who know the power of the cross in your life can testify to that. But you know, there are people here this morning who may not really believe that. There's a couple of different reasons that you may not believe it for yourself just yet. Some may say, you know, Pastor, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. And there's no way that the cross can take away all of that. There's a lot of baggage, then a lot of things that I regret, a lot of things that, that I've left undone, and, and there's just a weight behind me that I just don't think the cross can really do anything about. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that the cross changes everything. We can testify that when we bring our burdens to the Lord, when we bring our sins, when we bring our failings, when we bring everything that we've done wrong, the problems, the challenges, and we lay those at the cross, and we say, Jesus, take this mess, take these sins, take these burdens, take them all away, forgive me, transform me, He does it. Just as the choir sang, the cross changes and that everything in a moment, it's changed. It makes a difference that fast. If you're saying, I don't think the cross can change me, he can. It can. Because Jesus is at work. Now, there are others that may say, you know, I don't know that I need the cross. I've got a good life. Got a good job, nice home, drive a nice car, got 2.4 kids. Everything's, everything's just so. I don't need the cross to change anything for me. Well, let me just ask you this question. If tomorrow you walked in and your boss said, uh, we're having a downsize. Here's your pink slip. Or... If something happened this week and one of your, something happened to one of your 2.4 children, would you need the cross then? Or when you get to heaven or you get to the gates one day and Jesus says, why should I let you into heaven? Is your good job, your car, your house, your 2.4 kids going to be anything there? 
No, because you see, in those crisis times of life, in the joys of life, and at the gates of heaven, what you need is not a together life. What you need is the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And you find that solid rock at the foot of the cross. And so you may not think you need him today, but you do. Because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. All of us are hopeless without him. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day in your life when the cross changes everything. When you realize that he loved you this much, that he stretched out his arms and died, and your testimony could be down at the cross where my Savior died. It was there that I turned it over to him. And I can now sing glory to his name. Hallelujah for what he's done. I'm excited to hear testimonies this last weekend of of God working among our RA boys. Our RAs were at RA Congress and... Two of them, three of them actually have begun discussions about Christ. One of them is uh, probably very ready. The other one's, the second one's right on their heels. And God's been stirring in those young boys' lives. If you've ever wondered why we invest in sending kids to camps and RA Congress and MJAM, that's why. Because little church kids who are here all the time, it all clicks when they get over there. And we get to celebrate. But you know what I've been praying? That God would do a stirring among all of us. And that if you've never trusted Christ, there would be an unsettling in your heart that you cannot satisfy until you finally say, Jesus, I need you. And so this morning, I pray that you would come to him. Not getting everything fixed up before you come to him. Not getting everything just right, but coming just as you are to the cross and allow him to change everything right there for you. Would you just reach out to him and trust him this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed as we prepare for a time of response and invitation. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I pray that that right now you would admit your need for him. And that you'd realize your need and that you'd believe with everything that you have that you need him to come in. To unload the sin. To provide a foundation for your life. To bring that abundant and eternal life that he wants to give you. And that you would not leave here today without settling that. And after you've believed that in your heart, you would confess him and say, Lord Jesus... I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross for my sins and I want you to come and take my sins and forgive me of those and to cleanse me and to make me a new person today. I come to the cross and I need to be changed. And I pray that today you would do that in me. Pray that if God's calling you right now, that you will not delay, but that you would respond, that you would pray a simple prayer like that, and you would trust him and come to him this morning. Lord, in the quietness of these moments, as we've celebrated the victory of the cross and the resurrection today, I pray that the truth and the power of those events would be true for every one of us. Lord, for those in this room who've never trusted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. May we respond. May we be eager. May we trust you. Speak to us and guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.